As the magic season continues on, we find ourselves in Atlanta, Georgia for the start of our first road trip of the season and an opportunity to catch up with current Atlanta Hawk, future Hall of Famer, former Magic player, NBA legend, Vince Carter. He's in season 22 here in the NBA, which is unprecedented, soon to be 43 years old in the month of January. He touches on a number of topics, beginning with his farewell campaign, his early time in Toronto, and his time in Orlando. Remember, that 2009-2010 team went all the way back to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were steamrolling through the playoffs after sweeping Charlotte and Atlanta and thought they were headed right back to an NBA Finals appearance. So he touches on that as well. Also, you can't have Vince Carter and not talk about the dunk of death. That's right, the time in the 2000 Olympics when he leaped over Frederick Weiss. We'll get some. Uh, we'll get him to recap that as well. He touches on the dad life, how special that is for Vince at this point in his life, and also his legacy, who he helps, what wisdom he passes on to these younger players. So much content to cover in this edition of Magic Pod Squad with Vince Carter. This is Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic. This is Evan Fournier. This is Jonathan Isaac. This is Mo Bamba. Check out what's new with the Orlando Magic Pod Squad. The host of characters give you a behind-the-scenes look at Magic Basketball. The Magic Pod Squad has you covered. Subscribe and rate on iTunes and the Google Play Store today. And it's another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli here with you. David Steele, Jeff Turner. And we have now peaked, guys. This is the, uh, this is the best guest we've had on our show. And probably going to, uh, it's all downhill from here. Yeah, Vince Carter to <laughs> going into season 22, future Hall of Famer, kind enough to join us on this yes, program. Vince, how me. are you, man? I'm great, man. They've allowed me to play uh, 20 plus years, and, uh, and I like it. Well, it's fun. Well, it's you're fun. doing great. It's still stressful, fun to see. but it's fun. Is it? It must be. <laughs> Mostly the mornings. Yeah. Now, how so? As you know, it's just, Does your body hurt? Those first, in, when, only in the mornings. Like only the in the mornings. first couple of steps. Like, if you see me walk around uh, the house in the morning, those first couple of steps are. <laughs> painful for me to give it a few out. years and it'll be the first 10 steps yeah, and then yeah, so, yeah and i just so. kind of have to <laughs> limp my way through it and then i'm good and and sometimes when i get out of the car for long long um traffic rides to the arena <laughs> uh, those first couple of steps so i try to kind of get the, the the ankle pumping before i get going and get out of the car and i'm good but um i mean i feel great body feels good i put a lot of work in uh over the years of just being prepared you know I, I i tell guys even at this age playing limited minutes i still train as a starter uh, that's just still in my mindset and just kind of just being in shape and i pride myself on just being in shape and being available available for all 82 games how, how do you half explain man, it half amazing takes on a whole new yeah, yeah. meaning right now how do you explain the length of your career what uh, what do you attribute it to a little luck uh, for sure i mean uh, I, I've been fortunate with with injuries that ha- hasn't put me down or caused me to walk away from this game, and just being able to s- sacrifice. You know, I, I think when the reserve role was introduced to me, it was a scary feeling, and I didn't know how to handle it at first. And it's, it was like one of those swallow your pride. You want you said you want to be here as long as possible. You know, reinvent yourself, and and that's one of the things I did in in, in Phoenix, um, right after I left Orlando. Mm-hmm, right, uh, we were we were losing, and they said, "Hey, we want to play young guys, give an opportunity, and we'll bring you guys off the bench." I was like, "Not a problem." And I just went and watched film. You know, Vinny Johnson, uh, Ginobili, Jason Terry, guys like that. So I just had to just figure out how can I still be me, but in a in a different role, and uh, it's worked out so far. 
Did you ever dream of this longevity? Like when you came in, did you see yourself playing? I, this? I said 15 years. Is that what you said? I, I did, and I don't. I don't know why. I, I said. I mean, I, I guess you know. I, I sit here and think about it now that I talk about it even more now. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I said. I said some of the uh, the superstar, the elite stars uh, of of our era played 12 to 14 years. The Michael Jordans, and I sure. said, hey, if I could play 15 years, <laughs> I'm, I'm, right. I must be doing something. And once I got to 15 years, I'm like. Good. I, I can go uh, two more years, and then seventeen. Two more years, nineteen, <laughs> that. and, and that's kind of how it happened. It's just I didn't want to put a cap on it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know now that I've done that, sometimes I still think should I have done that. But no, I, I think I'm, I'm content, and, and I'm, I'm I'm happy with my decision. I'm kind of ready to move on now. We love it. We we couldn't be happier that you're back. You know, I so Vince and I came in the league at the same time, 1998. Mm-hmm. His career was a little better wow. than mine. <laughs> hey, but do you remember hey, we're still, still, around around too, still, right? we're still sticking <laughs> around? Exactly. Go. My legs hurt in the morning. <laughs> but uh, but you remember those? You it was a lockout season mm-hmm. when you first came I into did. the league. You you play pickup games at the RDV Sportsplex in Orlando. Yep. It was unbelievable the people that I were did. in that I gym. And the games yeah. that you would play to stay yeah. in shape, right? And Dr. J was still around that day. That's, That's right. when I got this. I mean, just all all of the guys. Penny from, I mean, obviously from back in the day, I got the chance to play against uh, pick up with you guys. You probably don't even remember back in the day when, when you guys were playing. Yeah. Um, uh, Nick used to bring me around and just to play pick up when when I could and. Uh, and I also, once school started, I went back to school, and so I did a semester at Carolina. So I got a chance right. to uh, to kind of get some school out of the, knocked out, and 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 train and work with some of the coaching staff still because Coach Smith was a, of course the door was open and he, sure. he encouraged us to come back um, whenever we wanted to. So I was like, take advantage of it. Uh, I was still used to being a college student anyway. Right. It's not not like I was removed from it. So. That was kind of a, uh, a, a no-brainer for me, and, and it really helped. You know, Jeff and I, Dante, actually go back farther than, than you do with Vince, and you probably don't even know this, but my son, Luke, played at Winter Park High School, and Jeff's brother, Michael, played at Dr. Phillips. That's played at Dr. Right. Phillips. So played in the, in the Winter Park. Too. In the yes. Rotary in the Tournament. Rotary. Yes. Yeah. Yep. They've got oh, stories. Oh, my goodness. Yes. 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 My brother tells <laughs> oh, yeah, they've story got about, stories. you know, Vince sailing over the top of it. You've never <laughs> seen anything like it. Yeah. Luke, Luke has similar stories. Vince dunked. I've got video. I've got a VHS oh, tape. Man. You dunk it on my son. But that's he scored a, ba- a bucket over I'm sure you. He shot a jumper over you. I was there. So that's his claim to fame. I was light. I could fly a little bit back then. Yes, you could. Daytona Beach, Mainland High. That's that's where it started in Daytona yes, Beach. Tell yeah. us how you started playing basketball. But you had you had a lot of interest as a young fellow. Uh, I did. Uh, my uncle uh, Oliver Lee, um, who played at Marquette, he really uh, put a basketball ball in my hand at two. They have a picture of me making a basket at two, but I said I had to be close to two and uh, two and a half, three. <laughs> but I was like still in like pull ups and making a basket, and I've had the love for it. Wow. Um, you know, but being a Florida kid, you couldn't you could not try to play football. So I played football as a quarterback, running back, and did all those things. Um, but um, as played, I, played as in the I band. Got to high, I, yeah, I was going to say, as I got to, well, well, sixth grade is when I started with the band, and, and that, was, that was just a love. And it's still a love today uh, of, of music. And once I got to high school, I was kind of try, trying to navigate what that love. And music was still my love, uh, and, and I had a, a huge passion for it, and of course, basketball. And and once I but I established that one day I walk into the gym kind of as a joke with some of the other guys and you know and you know as a as a high school kid and if somebody's in the gym 
I want to see who's in there. Let's yeah. see what's going on. I walk in volleyball tryouts. So I tried out <laughs> and oh, began man, to love it. Could you outside. imagine? That? I played. I, I played three. I played three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my senior uh, high school. I played only half a season just because I was doing some recruiting visits. So I, mm-hmm. I tend to miss uh, some of the, the games early before basketball season actually started. Uh, so I ended up playing the last couple of games my senior year. But I played pretty much three and a half years. Uh, one player of the year, one year. I think it was my junior year. Um, I went from just had, having, you know, you know how it is. You know just, no, I did not. Yeah, it's uh, just you know, rec league volleyball skill to yeah. actually knowing how to play, uh, doing some training out there on the beach, which yeah. it's a different. That's a different workout there. Uh, yeah. You know, I have a lot of respect for volleyball players and what they, the beach volleyball players, for, and for what sure. they do. So uh, it, it became an asset uh, for me and it helped me with my second jump. My quickness, my lateral quickness, and, and I tell the kids now. I said, "Hey, volleyball is the way to go uh, if you want to work on your your lateral quickness and your second jump." You know, everybody kind of like Snickers. I'm like, trust me, <laughs> <laughs> worked out okay. Yeah, it worked out, and I play, I think I played like two two games or so um, my senior year, and I remember getting the 10 set out of the back row and just smashing the ball, and I broke a kid's glasses who was in the back row. <laughs> Did uh, yeah. you? Could you imagine yeah. trying to block that thing? Like you sitting there waiting for it. It's like, you know, if somebody throws your pass, yeah. you can't move. It's one of those yeah. split glasses. Like, he no, never I, moved. I awful. He never <laughs> moved, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Oh, Do you wish kids, kids, everything's so specialized now, and you're kind of, you're kind of forced down one pay. you got to pick a sport. You got to play all those sports. You got to experience all that. You got to get a base, right? Yeah, the times were different. Um, you know, my, my daughter's now in high school, and, you know, she, she's kind of in that same realm of specializing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a rather gifted athlete. I said, try it all, do it all. And, and when, when she was younger, I let her pick her sport. And then when she kind of figured out what she wanted to do, I still wanted her to continue to do the gymnastics. Cause she, want, she, she started off as a tennis player. So uh, gymnastics for her core, soccer for her footwork, you know, they all kind of coincided right, sure. and, and I wanted her to continue to do it. And as, as she got older, she's like, I want to focus on volleyball. So volleyball is her thing, you know, it's a yeah. sport. But I said, you know, basketball still helps with that. So basketball is kind of a side sport for her. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's you're seeing kids now. I mean, I had this conversation today with some of the older coaches, not the younger mm-hmm. guys, because um, it kind of relates to them. Like you're seeing a lot of high school kids now um, – Choosing not to play high school basketball for AAU basketball, yeah. which I cannot right. wrap my mind around. Right? Do you see that was a summer thing. as well? I yeah, mean, I, still, yeah. I know it's, in, it's just a summer. Yeah, I, thought, I always looked at happening. AAU was a summer thing. Yeah. You know, you still have your basketball season. Like right. I couldn't imagine. Hey, hey, coach, sorry, I'm not gonna play high school basketball because I'm gonna play AAU later on. It's like that's insane to me. But when you win a championship, it's more opportunity for these young. Well, you win a championship at Mainland. I mean, if you didn't have that, imagine you didn't have that. I can't experience, I can't right? Uh, especially my junior year, actually losing in, in, in the in Final Four. Uh, first, you know, just kind of experiencing that, wanting to uh, get back there and, and, and promising those guys we're going to get back there and, you know, so on and so forth. That's like mm-hmm. that's the high school dream and the high sure. school experience going through leading me to here. Just like all of these type of experiences are important as you move on to, quote, unquote, become a professional if you, if you get that opportunity. And I'll never forget it. Um, it helped me become a leader. Um you know, just not a, afraid to tell some of the older guys, younger guys, or just put guys where they needed to be, and, and it's really helped me. I know Jeff did the same thing with his girls I and mean, my children. We, we mm-hmm. told them, pick a sport. We don't care what yeah. sport you play. 
but you got to play at least one team sport, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, and then you can move around if you don't like that. But do you, you 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 go with the same? I do. I I, I told my daughter. I, I everybody always asks me, "Yeah, hey, your daughter playing basketball?" I said, "No, I let her pick." Her sport, figure out, navigate what she wants to. But I was like, I want you to try something. Oh, you know, of course, tennis is a, a, a big time individual sport. But I also wanted to play team sports. So she tried soccer. She didn't like it the first time around. Second time around, she's enjoyed. It. She's she found out she's a team sport girl. She likes she loves being around a team more so than individually. I mean, it's a lot of pressure individually. Sure. Um, but I, she was pretty darn good in tennis, and all of a sudden she was ended up ranked top twenty in the state. And she's like, "Dad, I don't want to play volleyball. I mean, uh, tennis anymore." I was like, "What?" <laughs> well, on top, 20? I guess. Yeah, now, what, about the, what about what about the basketball thing? Was there any hesitancy? Like my my daughters both tried it, but then realized because I was in the gym and people that they were now my daughter yes. that that they didn't want any part of that. So for years and years, it just it wasn't there. I was like, okay. It's it's cool. She doesn't want to do it. And then she starts attending my basketball camps. And I told her, I said, okay, at least I know if she's in the camp, she's you don't have to really watch her because she's you know involved in the camp. I said, you're not if you're going to be in the camp, if you're going to come, you're not going to just sit around and just wander around. And I have to worry about you when I have 200 plus kids I really have to worry about as well. So I said, you're going to have to be in the camp. So for, for years and years, she was in the camp. And just like, all right, cool, whatever. I said, like, that's fine. Yeah. And next thing I know, she asked me one day, she said, Dad, can I play basketball? <laughs> can you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I was shocked because obviously tennis was her, was her go-to. And so I just tried to kind of, score, you know, to, like there's a direct correlation, you know, the footwork you need in tennis and basketball, they all, you know, so it's, I think this is good for you. And she played and her first year, I was like, all right, she's behind because all of these kids she's playing with. She plays on the, on the school team. Uh, she goes to Charlotte Christian, where Steph Curry now uh, where attended, and uh, she she plays the first year, plays decent. Uh, I was just like, who is this kid? I'm shocked. She makes the traveling squad for um, the uh, the the AU traveling team. Wow. They go to nationals. They finish fourth. Like, and her she's starting try. her first try. I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. And then all of a sudden, volleyball comes around, and she's like, eh, I think I love volleyball. I was like. Uh, but hey, every so time she finishes on top, she finishes on top. Yeah, right. so yeah. now it, volleyball season is over. She had a good year, and we're trying to figure out. She's trying to figure out if that's what she wants to do. Basketball. I'm a little. She's a freshman, and I'm a little. I'm a little hesitant. I'm, I'm a she little in nervous the club? About you, is she doing the club thing and all? She that? She does both, yeah. and yeah. So she's busy, but now it's like basketball season. Have you been to any of the I have. big tournaments? I have, and yes. whistles. You hear whistles uh, for days. <laughs> 160 courts here in Atlanta. At the, uh, well, there's one here and yeah. the one, and she plays in the big tournament in Orlando. Okay, yeah, as yeah, well yeah, at the yeah. um, down at the convention, convention center. center. Yeah. It's 160 courts. <laughs> We've been there, man. Four yep. to eight teams per court. Dante's like, oh coming, coming, man. You can tell it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, he's got two little girls. Hey, it's coming, brother. Let me tell you, when you walk in there, it's like you're in like. It's like being in in Vegas, and there's no crisis ongoing, just nonstop. And it's and the parents are ruthless. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's let's bring this back to Vince Carter now. So, is Vince Carter a better volleyball parent or a basketball parent? Like I, so I will just I will admit I was a horrible basketball parent because I don't you knew know too I, much. I knew too much, and I was a mess. Yes. Volleyball didn't really know the game. Sounds like you knew the game a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because I played it a little bit. And, yeah. so, and so I was quiet. So I, I I'm, yeah, I'm more, a little more reserved on volleyball. Um, 
basketball, that first tournament when she was in, in nationals, I was sitting outside uh, <laughs> and uh, try not to yell at the ref. First of all, let's just start there. Yeah. And, and you know, so I'm like, oh, ref, I know the rules try. here. Sir. He said try. Yeah, for once. Try. And then now it got to when she was playing bad. I just didn't want the coach to feel like just because she's my daughter, you got to leave her out there. If she's mm-hmm. killing the team, take her out. So it was times I was like, coach, take number 15 out. <laughs> take her out. So the girls are like, yeah, take her out. Like She's That's like, great. oh, my God, Dad. And after a while, I just stopped sitting down there. But I tell you, um, more so than anyway, the parents yeah. from other teams were, you know, they, they, they tried to challenge me a few times. Uh, so how so? Court, I hear so. about this. How, what, what do you hear from the other parents? Why, why is that? I hear how tough that can be. Uh, it, I, mean, I mean, sometimes it's just, you know, just – from just talking junk or just mm-hmm. whatever, you know, they get up and cheer for their kid, but I can't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's okay. those things. I'm like, I, got well, I want my kid to do well too. Like, <laughs> right, right. what is can't what's wrong with that? Kid. So, uh, but you know, I've I've kind of learned to tune it out. I, I typically sit in the corner out of the way because I can't sit still. But it it is tough to watch your child still. play I, sports, I can't right? Sit still. It's I tough. prefer Game Seven of the NBA Finals. You'd rather be playing in then, it, yeah, yeah. than watch you your child. Control I, I can control, control it. it. Yeah. So here's my here's my advice to you. What you need to do, and this is what I found when my daughters were playing volleyball, become the film parent. Yes, run the camera because then nobody can come talk to you because their voice will be on and the coach will hear it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> and then you that's really right. can't say that's anything. That's a good point. That is a good point. I, I, may, I may do that. What's the hardest part about being a parent now for you? I know for, for me, I have girls that are six and four and I'm nervous about the phones and the technology uh, and all course. that stuff. Social but media. Is that social media? Social media. Right. Um, but I, I, I think on the other side of that, I'm sure you've gone through it, is being able to go to your child's game and enjoy it as a parent like everyone else in the building. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's the toughest for me because I go there, I'm locked in like I'm playing. Mm-hmm. I'm locked in on her. I want to be able to um, help her. We, we I like So being that I'm playing during the season, we have phone conversations. Oh, how'd you play? Oh, I played all right. Well, I didn't see it. What does that mean? <laughs> Break, no, explain down. it, break it down for me. So, like, we just, you know, just, I, I believe in film. I, just, I guess being around 20 plus <laughs> years, I feel like, you, you know, film doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. So, at least, oh, I know high school, and I, I'm, I'm still, I said, hey, you know, coach, you guys watch film? Hey, you should try it. Uh, like, I, I just believe in it. But, so I have her explain her, her night, how, um, volleyball, basketball, whatever. Uh, but when I get there, I just like to focus on the team. I support the team. I'm, 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 I take the whatever crown everyone else sees me as and I'm just her her dad just like her, everybody else parents out but I'm sitting I mean I'm on the knees like <laughs> like I'm a diehard fan out there it's crazy it's That's crazy great, so they probably I That's mean if they great. ever had me on film that you probably like yo he's nuts <laughs> like mm. Dante mentioned that. That's really interesting to think about, the technology. You came into the NBA in, what, 1998? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking back. Did you have a – with their cell – there were barely cell phones. Barely. Right, barely. It, it barely. Were flip phones, they were, if anything. Yeah, very the iPhone barely. didn't come in until oh, – 07. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, 07. 07. Yeah, yeah, right. so, right. yeah, that was Social open. media, not until, you know, the iPhone and then mm-hmm. Facebook and all of that. So what, what the things that you've seen change in terms of the way fans – watch Access. the game, players interact with one another. Access. When we started in 89, we flew commercial, guys played cards, everybody was together, everybody talked with each other, there was camaraderie, broadcasters, coaches, everybody was thrown in pretty much the same pool. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's way different it's now. It's so weird now. Like when we do team events sometimes, uh, especially the, the younger coaches I have now, what they do is uh, when we, we will come in and they'll literally have a bag, collect the phones, zip them up, and then you get them afterwards. And guys are like, oh, my gosh, you see them sweating over here, just don't know <laughs> yeah, what to do. Like, right. I have to talk to you. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? You know, but you can right. do it through text if we're right beside each other. But, you know, it's just a weird thing. And um, I just remember – Early in, in, in my career, it's just like you, you're going through it, and that's what it was. So now it's like as soon as you get into a locker room, what, that's, it drives me crazy. Yeah, I, I will, and it's probably showing my age, but you, you know, when you go into a locker room now, particularly at halftime, the first thing that happens is the guys want to pick up their phone, and they have to go and see what's being said about them. How about that? And I think the biggest negative to it is we know people in the world, when they have the power of just saying what they want and hitting send, and they let that, what is said about them, they just read at halftime, carry over into ha- uh, the second half. Get into their head. Yeah. And you feel like you have to prove to at whatever he is. With some guy in his basement. Some guy in his basement. Yeah, exactly. So um, How about? That's, that's the one thing that kind of gets to me. Like I, 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 my, my family and friends, they know, unless it's like an emergency in, in, uh, or something, I typically, at halftime, I look and make sure, you know, it's not my mom, family, didn't text me like hey we're leaving or something outside sure. of that right. i won't look at like they know if you don't don't text me just to say what's up or ask me a question because mm-hmm. i won't get until mm-hmm. probably i walk out after i do media shower and, and leaving it's because that's just kind of how it was like when i got in the game uh and and and, and it was a text it was a flip phone and it took too long to text <laughs> yeah that's true it's not that right. it's 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 boop, 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 mm-hmm. done now you know so a little different. What were some of the, think back to when you first came in, what were some of the, because you, you did talk. You talked in the training room. You talked on the bus. What were some of the stories that you would have missed if everybody had their head in a phone? Uh, oh, yeah. I had right? Think about the vets in the strike. Yeah, I had. I mean, I had every, I mean, you had Charles Oakley who played with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Speaks for itself. Right. Um, D. Brown who had Larry Bird. I had Antonio Davis who had Reggie Miller. Um, Doug Christie who had Magic Johnson. Wow. How um, about that? Kevin Willis, who had Dominique Wilkins. So, like, imagine the stories that they're telling uh, about those guys, which helped me learn, sure. what helped me prepare and navigate to be who, who I want to become and, and say, okay, this is how they did it. This is how they handled the media. This is how they prepped. Uh, this is how they watched film. And I was listening. I was all ears. You definitely would miss that because I can just easily put my AirPods on. Right and go go my own world are players missing that today are they missing yes. that or yes. how do they make up for it how, how are young players today getting that the influence of the the veterans and the a, stories uh, that they an argument about a player um who's better comparing errors then you go to that youtube you know you go google it then all of a sudden you start to learn the history instead of it happening organically every day Every day, I knew about guys. Uh, I mean, I was so well prepared. I my first time playing, I always use Grand Hill. I, my first time playing against Grand Hill, I felt like I'd played him for two, three years just because of the preparation uh, that Oak mostly. Uh, well, I can't say that it was always mostly Oak, but how, they taught me how to prepare. What am I looking at? I'm not just watching guys run pick and roll or play like I'm looking at tendencies and understanding that and and I find myself it's just a natural thing to me so I can watch film now with guys and I'll just blurt out stuff in practice and uh, or in in film session and guys are like oh okay 
you know, because they have no clue how to do it because it's just like mm-hmm. we don't we don't have that conversation prior. So it's like, okay, when it's time to go to practice, it's time to go. Oh, throw my phone down and we go on. <laughs> or if you're arguing, you're arguing because you just got off of social media, you saw a highlight or uh, a debate of two players. Copying that. You know, so it's, it's, it's totally different. Do you think players, uh, I, I, I think back to uh, the early years of the Magic and, and Penny Hardaway coming in and we were watching film, we we're sitting in a film session and he looked at me and said, this is great. Like I've never done this before. Like he, when he was at Memphis, they just didn't watch, really get into film and everything. And do you think, I mean, guys have so much access now to video. That's the positive, I right? Mean, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, but maybe even knowing how to watch film. Here's maybe. the crazy thing about it. I mean, there's like, we have this app called Huddle. They send you this stuff while you're at home. Yeah. God forbid you can watch it at home. It's not <laughs> like you don't even, I mean, you can watch this stuff. You can, they show you plays. Like, it's no excuse for guys not to know or understand, well, learn to play. Because uh, it's it's different than knowing the play and understanding the play. Yeah, right, sure. So first of all, we need you to know the play when it's called. Mm-hmm. Then later on, as you run it enough, you tend to understand what the play is about. You know, it's it's that's important. Yeah. And you know, this everything is accessible. And you know, if we take the time to look at like here's here's I break it like this, guys. This has been our dream to play in the NBA. But because they're coming in at a, such a young age, I think they tend to forget that this is their job now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Not, I'm, I'm living my dream. Mm-hmm. You are, right. but it's still your job now. Mm-hmm. No, so it's not like you're, 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 you have to go to class, and then you have practice, and then you maybe have a game tonight or something like that. No, mm-hmm. this is your job. You have to learn to prepare. So it's just, it's just you, you build up a player a, a, a little different than you would have many years ago. Do you like the idea of the league going back to allowing 18-year-olds to be able to come in. It looks like that's where it's headed in two or three years. It, or do you, do you think there's great value in, in going to college and, and, I do. and I spending do. more and than I, one year? I, I say this. Uh, I've said it. I've mentioned it to an NBA executive, and, and, and I wanted to kind of hear what he, he thought about it. But I said before they make that decision, and this is not a knock on anyone, any player, any whatever coming up, there are a lot of great players, young young talent that can probably get a shot. I don't know mm-hmm. if there are any Kevin Garnett, LeBron James, straight out of high school type guys. I could be wrong, but I say if an NBA exec would walk into a training camp for a week and see how much these young guys do not know after a year or two of college, I think maybe they would reconsider it because we're doing a disservice to these young guys. They're like, yeah, he's a great talent. But knowing the game of basketball is so important. And with, the, with organizations now giving the keys to young guys so early, they just, and it's a, a huge responsibility that I don't think they understand and realize. So I, I just think I, I would like the NBA to, you know, to send guys into training camps before, you know, just to go watch and just hear and see what the coaches are saying. Oh, my gosh. And see what they're teaching them, like the basic stuff that you would have probably known in high school mm-hmm. that right. we don't know. You say flex offense. Eh. I, I was in, on a team some years back, and we, we said, hey, okay, hey, we're trying to learn to defend the flex offense. We had to show the, offense, the flex offense first to actually defend <laughs> it because they had no clue. Isn't that something? So it's just that's the, that's the scary side for me. Sure. And it's all about, I get it, the growth of the game. But 
with the, if you want you want guys who are knowledgeable. If you're gonna grow the game, yeah, right, sure. I feel like they 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 go hand in hand. Why well, I never got into college basketball until his North Carolina team. I mean, that with the starting six or whatever you got. That team was unbelievable. Yeah. Jameson and Okalaja. They're Hak- actually Hak-tar in town. What? Oh, uh, Antoine and Automola are in town. Yeah, are yeah. they really? They're yeah. they're in yeah. town. So you're still Just so, so you're still in touch with those oh, guys. For sure. But think about what you learned in three years, two yes. trips to the Final Four yes. with that team to prepare yes. you, learning how to play the game of basketball. And then he comes in and realizes he probably doesn't know it all yet, and still listens to the vets yeah. that you have. Right. So that experience had to have prepared you. It was important for me. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you what. I think I wouldn't be around if I left my freshman year, or let's say, if I was fortunate enough to leave right out of high school. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm here 22 years later as an NBA player. I don't because of the knowledge. I mean, you learn over the years. You learn True. how to kind of get to navigate. But that I think 12, 13 years, I fade out just because of I'm now trying to learn how to be. A veteran and savvy and learning the tricks of the trade and sometimes it can be too late yep. and I, I think I learned how to be a basketball player how to play the game of basketball and all the athleticism and everything else was already there so I was able to fine tune so like dunking the ball and everything and then all of a sudden I'm like man we didn't know you could pass the ball we can know you could shoot the ball mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was there it's just I was patient mm-hmm. you know everybody right. wanted to see the dunk 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 that's mm-hmm. fine mm-hmm. That's fine. But, you know, at some point you, you have to see, oh, I can shoot the ball. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's funny watching the FIBA World Cup, I think about the Olympics, and Jeff has a gold medal. For, you have one from 2000. But Jeff doesn't have the dunk of death. No. He, does, <laughs> he, does, no. he doesn't have the dunk of death. Close? That's no. it. No. 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 Sorry. Not too many dunks, Not period, too many right? Dunks. Not too no, many dunks. I, I learned very quickly, you know, you learn what you can and can't do <laughs> and everything. <laughs> I was better stepping away instead of going at <laughs> yeah. the drum. But think about that. To have, I don't know that you can have a better name for a dunk. I mean, I think about, obviously, you win the gold medal, and that's incredible. But that, that moment, that, that whole team was incredible. But that moment is something. Dunking over Frederick Weiss was uh, just something that we'll see forever. Everybody will see that forever, along with that team that you were on. Uh, yeah, and I was a late add to that team. Uh, Tom Gugliotta, if I'm not mistaken, was the one that was injured. And I got added on because I think the final decision between Ray, Ray Allen and I, and to get, obviously to give it to Ray, it was weird. And it, we played we played each other that night. We played Milwaukee that night, and I had a crazy game. I was like, I, I gotta show him, I gotta show him. <laughs> <That's laughs> and, and still, Ray got it. <laughs> but no, seriously, and it was just you know because it was a great opportunity. I mean, I played Junior Olympics. Um, in, in Mannheim and all of the, with all these great players and that was just an opportunity I was like that's mm-hmm. a dream like not, not many guys get that opportunity and I was fortunate I got that phone call and I was like I, 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 they're not going to regret it Yeah. and just playing and learning and playing with like Jay Kidd Tim Hardaway like I'm talking about like legends of the game um, I was just I was happy to be there and be selected and once I got there I was like I'm going to show them why <laughs> they, they made the right decision and that 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 dunk. I didn't know it happened. I remember you. She's reading that. I remember you saying that. I, I, I didn't know until after the game. So from that time, it happened onto the end of the game till shower, walking out. Gary Payton's buddy had it on a little camcorder, and he showed me, and that's how I knew. I was like, wait a minute. So even Kevin's reaction, even all that. We were we were celebrating two totally different things. I was celebrating because. When I took I took one two dribbles and I jumped, I thought I jumped too far, 
So I, I think I'll, I'm going to make a Sprite commercial. I'm going to get hung on the, on the rim. <laughs> so if you, if you watch it again, you'll notice I'm reaching for the rim. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's the one thing dunking it, but I'm literally reaching for the rim because I thought I was too far. And I ended up dunking it about at the wrist. So I was like, oh, shoot. I did it. So I I'm like, yeah. in my, exactly. And that's what it was. I was like, oh, I had plenty of room. Yeah. So when I jump up, I remember like bumping him. So the initial contact. And I was worried about, I'm too far. Forgot about that. So I, in my mind, I thought he tried to take a charge and fell down or moved out of the way. I don't know. Like, I, I never thought about. The, the idea of, hey, maybe I jumped over him, never crossed my never mind. Never crossed your mind until you saw it after Later you. on. So I'm celebrating like, yes, I made it. <laughs> KG's celebrating, yo, you jumped over this man. <laughs> so the celebration was <laughs> not even totally different. That is so and and it's, just, it's just weird to see it, and I laugh every time. And for so long, I just never, you know, I, as I thought about it, I was like, yeah, like I, I didn't know it, so I wasn't celebrating that. So when right. I started telling people that, they're like, you sure? I'm like, because it looks like you're in unison, yeah, when you're, when you're watching, yeah. but two totally different no, things. And I had no clue. So I, I asked Steve Smith, I said, Smitty, like, how come you guys never said anything the rest of the game? They said, we're still in awe that you did this. <laughs> so it was just so. like, wow. Like, nobody, you know, you just look, you know, you look at somebody like, golly, man, what? But they never actually said, you just jumped over this guy. <laughs> They just the assumed everybody knew. <laughs> As you look back on your career, is that is that what you hear most about from that and the Lonzo Morning Dunk? Yes, mm-hmm. that's the that's the two um, that is most talked about. Um, that was an unbelievable story and feeling as well because when that dunk happened, so in the first quarter I dunked on Zo, and then two or three plays later, Richard Jefferson dunks on Zo. We get to halftime. We're sitting in there waiting for Coach to walk into uh, Coach Frank to walk into the locker room and said, "Yeah, RJ and I are talking." I said, "Hey, there's no way Zoe's going to let us dunk on him again." I said, "The only way we'll be able to pull it off. This is a true story. The only way we'll ever be ever be able to pull it off is he's going to come and try to hit hit us and attack us. We have to take the hit and then try to dunk it." Those were my words. Exactly. And that's what happened. Exactly what happened. <laughs> that's what happened. Because when he hit me, he he knocked me up higher. So now I'm looking at the rim like, I was like, oh, I can't miss this. It's right there. <laughs> right there. It's right there. But had you not prepared for that yeah. and known that that was what he was going to I mean, it was just, I mean, just kind of like, well, yeah, exactly. I right. mean, just knowing Zoe's like from watching film, just right, knowing, right, right. You know, going through time, it's just like he's an aggressive shot blocker. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's, yes, he meets you at the rim, but that that's their advantage here, but I'm blocking high. So I was like, when he hit me, and I was like, and I was like, don't miss this, don't miss this. So it was kind of like a throw through instead of like a, I threw it through instead of trying to grab the rim because I did not want to dunk it too hard and miss. That was that. That was that. Was. Isn't that amazing? You never had that yeah. problem. Never, never had those thoughts. No, you know, I think you went in knowing somebody was going to hit you. But probably, you know, I stayed. I let Shaq deal with Zoe. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I stayed on the yeah. perimeter. I don't want any part of that guy. Vince, I, I see J.J. Redick, and he makes this point, and I agree with him. You weren't here for the 9 team that went to the finals. Yeah, I came J- the next year. <laughs> you came the next year. J.J. says that 9-10 team was better, was a better team. He contends that that Magic team that you were a part of that swept through the first two rounds of the playoffs, 59 wins all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And losing six. And losing six. But just, just touch on that year 
And I'm sure, and, you know, you went to the Eastern Conference Finals, which is what you wanted to do is make it to an NBA Finals. Just touch on that year and, and how close, you know, you, got, you guys were steamrolling so through the first so round. So close. And uh, we felt comfortable. Uh, did we, I think we, we won the first game. Or did we lose? No, we, we lost, lost the, the first, first three. We lost, yeah. To yeah. Boston, you mean? Or? Yeah, that, when we lost yeah. that first one, um, it was like, because we felt, hey, let's sweep these guys next. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how we were feeling. Uh, we felt like we were just hitting on all cylinders. Obviously, Dwight was playing lights out. Our team was just playing lights out together in unison. And we got punched in the mouth. And I think because we steamrolled through the first two series, it hurt us more so than helped us for that level when you're playing Eastern Conference Finals. So, uh, well, we fought back. We, oh, yeah? we made it a series. And um, I-, I tell you, you know, you, you, you go back and you, you think about all of the things. Oh, I wish I could do this over. Uh, you know, obviously shots, easy easy shots. Sure, you know, sure. you look at it and, and I, I tell you what, it was, I had so much fun. Because I, I have that, I've never been back. That's right. Since then. Right. Uh, second round, but never mm-hmm. that. And, you know, you always, you look at the finals and they won it. Uh, they, they, they Boston. They did. They did beat LA. We felt like we put up a fight. Obviously, we're down in the hole, mm-hmm. and it's like, what if we win game two? You know, game three, give ourselves a chance to get to. You know, we just wanted to get to seven, and we just ran out of gas. I mean, just they. I mean, when you play a team at, at that at Golden State and Cleveland, makes it look so easy Oof. for years and years as far as just getting through the Western Conference Finals, getting to the finals, and. I just think about that year when we felt it felt like that mm-hmm. first two rounds, and we had that mentality in the in the, in the third in, in the Eastern Conference Finals, and it was a wake up call for us. And I think we just didn't have enough because we were uphill from the start, and I think we ran out of gas like early in the fourth. We were just running out of gas, just from fighting back. I mean, we were playing, we were survival mode every night after sure. that. You started to get it in games four and five, yeah. and it was close in but, game six. Yeah, and it was just, but we were just like survival mode. And I think we just, those last six minutes, I just remember just nothing would work. We couldn't get Dwight going late. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hit, um, uh, Rashard couldn't hit. It was just, we were just, I think we, we shot all our bullets, bullets in game five. Well, in, in the first half of game six yeah, as well. Right, they right. were pretty good. Oh, absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely and, and it, it took us that long to figure them out um but they just had so much so much firepower and they were just playing on all cylinders and obviously they took it to another level uh in the finals and who's to say we absolutely. win it like they like 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 that but just the thought of hey we handle business a little differently games one and two mm-hmm. it could be a different scenario for us but having Vince Sanity back in Central Florida, I mean, the fan support. I mean, it yeah, had was, to have been fun awesome, for you, Vince. I, I mean, it, it was, had, it was, it was right? awesome. I mean, it was, uh, the support you know, was tremendous. It, because I, I enjoy and I'm very appreciative of my high school coach and, and all of the people back in Daytona. So every now and then I got the chance to go back and watch my high school uh, coach coach and to watch him on that side instead of being coached by him. So I just <laughs> laughed like, man, like. Okay, you can coach a little bit. Like, <laughs> what you doing? Yeah, you know. So I was like, all right, you know. So it, it was it was great for just for I mean, family, my friends. Uh, I think I got to Orlando in at the right time in my career. 
I, I really do. A little more seasoned under, uh, um, and, 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 and a veteran more so than a younger guy. I think I could I appreciated it more at that age mm-hmm. instead of a young guy. I don't know. I don't. I, and maybe I, I handled it just fine. But I just I I think the pressure. I just see how all the opportunities and the friends and family around when I got there, it was easy to handle. I don't know in the beginning if I could have handled that and still played like I played in Toronto. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I just. I don't think so. Maybe it does, but I just. I, I was away. I was like. I was off to college. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about the ticket request and you know all of that stuff. And I mean, I learned to say no. I did, but it's just. It was stress free. It was easy. Sure. In Toronto, like. You know, it was different. I didn't have it. Uh, I didn't have any family up there at first. I did. When I got there, I said, you know, all the friends are like, yeah, my buddy, we're going to hang out. No, 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 no. I, I'm going to, I got to go figure this out. I got to go go to work. You know, that word, got to go to work. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be the best player. So I didn't want to lose focus. I, I didn't. And uh, they respected that. And it's still my buddies today because of it. It's impressive. And so I, I listened to you and I, I, there's so much wisdom in everything you say. So I want to ask you, and when you retire in the next 10 years from playing basketball. <laughs> or 10 months. <laughs> well, I mean, you just keep going. So why not another, another two, another why two, another two, another yeah. 10? Why not? Like, I know you've, you've, you know you've been doing the broadcasting mm-hmm. thing a little bit. I know you enjoy that. And I always tell you, just keep playing basketball. Don't threaten the rest of us. <laughs> um, do, you, do you think about you coaching? That, um, no. I, I I I had this conversation with uh, Coach Lloyd Pierce uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I said, you know, as much as I love helping players develop while still still being a player, sharing my my thoughts and wisdom and critiquing when they ask, the stress of coaching these young guys now couldn't do it. Yeah, maybe at another level, maybe at the college or high school level. Maybe down the line. I think broadcasting right now is my passion um, and, and, and my first love. And, and I, as far well, well, not my first love post-retirement. Sure, yeah. And uh, I'll do that for a couple of years and then maybe things change. Um, I'm hoping one day I can be an in, in, in owner and in management and kind of help mold an organization. Um, I want to see coaching as well. Exactly. And and, it, and that's what I was going to say. So yeah. while doing that, I can still do player development. Right. Like that's a passion of mine. I help, I love that. Like um, in Sacramento, Harry Giles was one of my guys that I, Harry Giles and, and Scott LeBissier are two of the guys after I, I, you know, I get to the arena early. Yep. You know, the dancers are practicing. Vince is shooting also, <laughs> you know, and then once everybody else, all the players tend to, to come in, that's when the I, I start working with some of the other guys. I enjoy that. So I figure if you can be a part of an ownership group or an organization that will allow me to kind of do uh, some broadcasting as well as uh, some, some coaching or training guys, that would be a dream for me. Well, the last thing I, th- I think we'll end with this, I, you know, 22 years in the league, three years in, in college and all, everything you did at high school, all of us in Central Florida have watched your whole career. No, I've never heard anybody say a bad word about Vince Carter. No. Like the, the way you've conducted yourself on and off the court, 
you will be in. I mean, you'll, be, you'll do whatever you want when you're done. If you want to come back and play 10 years, you'll do, you'll do Where does that come from? And what fuels you? And just the, the advice you give, the wisdom you have, where, where does that all come from? I d- I d- uh, well, I c- well, first off, I come from a family of educators. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, uh, I, I was taught being a, um, a student athlete is important. You're not an athlete student. And then, uh, you know, just family values is taught to respect your elders, first of all, and respect others. Um, and, and then once I continued on in the game, learned, I just enjoyed. I never felt threatened by helping another player that wasn't my teammate and giving him advice. Hmm. And it just, I, I remember Carmelo. We're playing against him as a, as a rookie. And I gave him just a word of advice. He's like, you know we're not on the same team. <laughs> Did he? It's like, I know. But I think it'll help you. Something to think about. And and it's just all the time. So there's Donovan Mitchell uh, during the finals, three three finals ago, maybe two, uh, two finals ago. We were sitting talking and, you know, he's just asking me questions. He's like, hey, you mind if I have your number so I can just bounce stuff? And he does. Malcolm Brogdon. He mentioned Malcolm Brockney. About that, he he came up to me in the in the Vegas airport after summer league. What can I do? How did you do this? Mm. And he's we sat there literally until our flights were taking off and just talking basketball, asking questions. Like I, I live for that. I love that. You know, guys who want who are who are just hungry for knowledge mm-hmm. to get better for themselves. Like I'm not not I'm not trying to give you knowledge to be me, but whatever I can give you to help mold what you want to become and that's what Charles Oakley and that laundry list of guys did for me I was fortunate enough and in our time uh, walking into a locker room where there were four or five veterans young guy walks into a locker room now there Mm -hmm. might be one well when I say with 10 years right at least 10 years maybe there's not many of us anymore and that's a scary feeling so like I'm I'm willing to help guys around the league just because, I mean, and it's it's known now because I've <laughs> I've had so many teammates and coaches, the word passes, and sometimes I'll see old teammates or old uh, friends or coaches, and like, hey man, can you talk to this guy for me? Absolutely. Yeah. You know uh, why not? You know I like to see the league continue in in the right path. Well, those There's guys, a lot of talent. those guys you mentioned are good ones, and you can yeah. tell why they're yeah, good. Absolutely. For what you, you just know, said, I'm, I'm thankful that these guys feel comfortable enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, to come and talk to me, and uh, you look at my, my my phone sometime of the list of guys, you know, and I, I'll go through it, and I'm I'm appreciative. Like these guys want to learn. It's like, hey, this guy can help me. I mean, there's a lot of stars in this league mm-hmm. that they can talk to, and and former stars, absolutely. But I guess when you when they could when you could see me still playing. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys who want to get better say, "Hey, he must he must be doing something right." But there's no agenda with you, and I think it goes nah, back. Yeah. But it goes back to that. It's the genuine, the real yeah. article, and I think I think guys are drawn to that. So yeah. that's a credit to and, you. And, and I always tell them, I say, "Hey, man, this is it's about you, mm-hmm. you know." And, I, and and that's what it was like. I remember, like, I always go back to Charles Oakley because he's like, it wasn't it didn't benefit him mm-hmm. it, to 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 help me. It's what, something he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and I was all for it. And that's what I learned. I learned like. I was told when I got in the league, if there was an NBA guy that was not willing to help you or talk with you or you couldn't talk to, then there was a problem. 
Yeah. And I saw that. It was, I mean, that's the truth. I could talk to anybody. I mean, sometimes they'll give you limited knowledge because they didn't want you to have too much. Some guys, <laughs> yeah, right. sure. I was comfortable with yeah. giving a young guy some, some a gym to help them go to the next level. Not, it's, now it becomes great competition. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like I'm playing against a guy at the best level at his best when I feel like I'm at my best. Like that's, that's what it is. Like that's what it's all about. So it, it's, it's fun. And it happens every day. And I enjoy it every day. I think that's what keeps me young. You know, because if a, a guy was like, hey, Vince, you know, great career and keep it going. It's like, time has yeah. passed. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so I'm thankful. Well, we appreciate this. this two more a, years? This has been two more? Mm-mm. <laughs> no, <laughs> this, this is, is it. it. <laughs> this is it. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's truly it. Um, I'm one with it now. Uh, now that the season started. Yeah. Now it's like, all right, yeah, let's just let's go. And, you know, uh, all the emotions and stuff, I, I still – don't have an emotion uh, about this. I know it's the end. 10, 15 games in, in the, in, at the end of the season, different story. Yeah, right. Because you know, now, yeah, because it's like, now it's like a countdown that you can't get rid of. Like, yeah. you, it's, I have, it's easy to not have an emotion now because it's like, all right, one game, I have 81 more to go. <laughs> That's right, just started. You know, then we get the All-Star break, I have 35 more. Mm-hmm. Like when you have 15 more, and that's the last time I'm gonna put these shocks on, I don't know how I'm gonna feel, but I know. Yeah, I know it's gonna be. It's gonna be an emotional roller coaster for me. Have sure. you had a teammate that's gone through it, like at the end that uh, you maybe learned from? Dirk is one of the guys. Okay. He I, I, he texted me yesterday, uh, congratulating me on on, on 22 um, years, and he's probably a guy. Kevin Willis, I see. Oh yeah. Every every day, yeah. Dominique, yeah. and I used to give him hell. When he was in Toronto, because he was the old guy. And, and then when I got to, well, when I, obviously when I see him throughout the year, but at the end, of, when, when I got to Atlanta, I was like, hey, buddy, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, you're feeling real soft. Oh, you feeling some kind of way now because you're that guy now. I say, yes, you're correct. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got the sorry. ice now. Yeah, I, I am it. that guy, you know, that, that they're making fun of. But I, I love it. I embrace it. Um, but like I said, I've always been a guy, if I didn't know or I need advice, on being the veteran leader and being, I, I talk to guys about that as well. So um, D Wade's another guy who's, who's recently been mm-hmm. through it. So those two, Dirk and D Wade are probably two guys I would reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but still, like I said, I have the luxury of having Dominique Wilkins mm-hmm. and Kevin Willis. Uh, Antonio Davis is around here. I see a lot. Mm-hmm. So I talk to those guys who, you know, who I've had uh, a lot of interaction with uh, throughout my career. So they've helped me kind of prepare, but, it's nothing like actually going through it. Yeah, Only it one really to is. do 22 seasons in four decades when January rolls around. So congrats, it man. needs to hurry up and get here. <laughs> it needs to hurry, get that over with. That's right. <laughs> yes. We appreciate it, man. This has been a blast for us. And, Thanks, guys. And uh, we look forward to this final year here. Yes, thank you.